prophet Isaiah was caught up in a vision and he saw the throne of God. The Bible says above it stood seraphim. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. With two, he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Their angels are created beings. And there is a group of angels that are created for one function. And that function is to worship God. And when we when we worship Him in spirit and in truth, we get out of the mental realm. We we're not aware of our body, how tired it may be, or full of pain. And we step over into that place called spirit. We ascend to the throne. And we are there next to that seraphim. And we see God upon the throne. We see Jesus our Lord seated at his right hand. And all together now, let's join them and let's say, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of your glory. Once again, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of your glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo! Well, I believe that you just sense the presence of the Lord. I'm telling you, top of my head to the soles of my feet right now. I just sense God's presence. His presence shows up for different things right now. His presence is here for us to just worship and honor him. But I sense his presence is also here because uh, we're going to go ahead and we're going to teach from the word of God. And we're just going to learn more about that function of angels tonight. Amen. So I want you to just reverently go ahead and be seated in the presence of the Lord. If you were not able to be with us a couple of Sunday nights ago, that would have been uh, the 7th, the first Sunday of August. I want to encourage you to please go and pick up the CD over in the bookstore or go online and listen or, or watch to it so you can get caught up with us. We can't go back into everything that we talked about. But one of the things that we established was that more are they that are with us. Amen. Do you just sense there's a mighty host around this very building right now? More are they that are with us. The Bible talks about that over in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. It says, but you have come to Mount Zion. To the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. Innumerable means they can't be counted. God's got such a mighty host 
of angelic assistance for us can't even be counted. Hallelujah. I've already talked about this. Angels. They were created beings. They are created beings for different purposes by God. Some just to worship. Others are created to do battle. There's warring angels. There's others that are created to deliver messages. We're going to see all of this in the word of God this week. And as we continue in our study, the rank, there's ranks and there's classes of angels. We don't worship them. We don't pray to angels. Need to say this. Angels are not humans. Humans are not angels. It doesn't matter how saintly your little grandma was. When she died, she didn't become an angel. She went to heaven. She's in the grandstands of heaven. She knows when you make spiritual progress, she's cheering you on. Hallelujah. She's up there for sure, but she's not an angel. Humans don't become angels. We shouldn't want to become angels. Folks, we got something they don't have. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb. We are part of the glorious church. We are the redeemed. We have a song to sing that the angels can't sing. They worship God, but they can't sing. Redeemed, redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. They can just look in awe at the church. That's us. Woo! We got our role. They've got their role. But don't ever wish you could be an angel. Woo, we're something better. Hallelujah. We're the redeemed of the Lord. And the Bible says, let let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. Woo. Anybody redeemed in here? But the Bible does have a lot to say about angels. I just discovered this this week. And I was just like, whoa, seriously? In the Bible... There are 273 references to angels. You might think, well, sure, that was in the Old Testament. Actually, 108 of them are in the Old Testament, but 165 of them are in the New Testament. The angels of the Lord were busy under the old covenant, protecting and delivering and fighting battles for the Jewish people. But when the church age came on the scene, they got even more active. Hallelujah. The, 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 I'm telling you, the presence of the Lord is here. In the beginning of the church age, they were there. They were on the scene. Just think about some of the things that the angels did in the New Testament. All the things that they did. They came and they delivered Peter from prison. They came when Paul was on that ship and they stood by him and they encouraged him. They were active and the early Christians just expected that if they needed angelic assistance, they'd have it. Hallelujah. Well, I just would like to say to you today, glory be to God. They were the beginning of the church, but we are at the end 
of the church. And I am fully persuaded that we need to be expecting them to assist us in a greater fashion. We don't, we don't ask them to show up. We don't pray to them, but we believe if we need their help, if we get in a situation where we need angelic protection, we need to be bold and declare the angels of the Lord. They are encamped round about me. They keep me in all of my ways and in all of my days. Hallelujah. We need to expect That angels are going to bring messages from heaven if we need that. That angels are going to get involved in bringing miracles, signs, and wonders. Healing body parts from heaven. Whatever the church needs. Tonight we're going to see that uh, they are part of God's messenger system. Just think about it. It was angels that announced the birth of Jesus. It was angels that announced his ministry when he was baptized at the Jordan River. It was angels who announced his resurrection when he came out of that grave. It was the angel of the Lord that broke Peter out of jail. The book of Revelation is full of angelic activity. That we are going to see in this age and in the age to come. Hallelujah. So I submit to you with that much emphasis in the Bible on angels. It's worth us studying and finding out what their role and their function should be in the life of the believer. A lot of Christians have shied away from anything to do with angels because they're like, ooh, no, that's supernatural. And ooh, no, that's false teaching or that's misinformation. But the reality is, like everything in the Word of God, there is a truth to the activity of angels that we need to tap into. I kept quoting this scripture last time I taught but never did read it. So we want to read it tonight. Psalms 103, verse 19 and 20. This chapter begins with bless the Lord, oh my soul, that we are to be blessing the Lord. And then it tells us here that the angels bless the Lord. Let's look at verse 19 of Psalms 103. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. This is what we want to see. Bless The Lord, verse 20, bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Let's look at that phrase, who excel in strength. Angels of the Lord are not fat little cupid babies that you see on Valentine's car. That is not the angels of the Lord. They're not weak and they're not faint. They excel in strength. Hallelujah. Listen to this passage of scripture here in Revelation chapter 18, verse 1 out of the Amplified. Then I saw another angel descending from heaven. Possessing great authority. The King James says great power. 
That doesn't sound like a little weakling, does it? And the earth was illuminated with his radiance and his splendor. Talk about a grand entrance. Just imagine this angel, this supernatural angel with supernatural strength, that he was so full of glory and power and majesty that his very appearance, appearance just illuminated the darkness on earth. This was one impressive dude. Wonder what he would do with a phone book or a skillet. You weren't here last Sunday. You don't get that. But, but Donnie Mord, you know, anyway, feats of strength. You know that the angels of the Lord, they're bigger than the biggest human being that has ever lived. I was just listening to Brother Hagen today, and he was giving an account of when Jesus showed up and was talking to him, giving him a message from heaven, talking to him about some things. And right behind Jesus was this huge, huge angel. He said his head was touching the ceiling, had to be at least nine or 10 feet tall. And he was standing behind Jesus. So Jesus delivered what he was going to tell Brother Hagin. And then he said to him, to Jesus, who is that fellow behind you? And Jesus said, that's your guardian angel. And then he went through the whole scriptures of how we all have guardian angels. And we don't lose them just because we grow up. And Brother Hagin said, boy, I'm glad he's such a big dude. Praise the Lord. They're big. They're mighty. They're strong. They excel in strength. Then back over here to Psalms 103.20 of the Amplified. Bless affectionately, gratefully praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his commandments, hearkening to the voice of his word. So I'm going to emphasize here what angels do. We've established that they excel in strength. Now, what does this say that they do? They hearken to the voice of God's word. We, I don't think we have this translation, but the Darby translation says this. They execute his word. That means they carry it out. Oh, we do have it. They carry out his word. Not just when the father speaks his word. Of course, they're going to heed his word. But did you know that the Bible is clear that they hearken to the voice of our word? The believers speaking the word of God calls them to action. Now, what activates them? Doubt won't activate them. Fear can't move them. They hearken to the word. They hearken to you declaring by faith what the word of God says. We read it last time, but you can look it up. Hebrews 1.14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent for to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation? It's one of their tasks. It's one of their jobs to minister for us. And to minister to us. Hallelujah. 
Now, there's all sorts of biblical examples in the Old Testament and in the New Testament about angels delivering messages. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Angels, messengers of God. Hallelujah. God's messengers. And so we want to just take a little bit here and look at a couple of examples. Do you all remember a guy in the Bible by the name of Gideon? Anybody remember Gideon? Well, Gideon received some supernatural instruction and guidance from the angel of the Lord. It was, he lived during a time when Israel was oppressed by this group of people called the Midianites. And God heard the cry of his people. They were crying out for deliverance. So what did he do? He sent his angel with a message on how they could get delivered from this oppression of the Midianites. And this angel of the Lord shows up to in the life of a guy by the name of Gideon. Let's read a little bit of his story. It's found in Judges chapter 6. And we'll look at verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in not Oprah, Ophrah, I guess, which belonged to Joas the Abizite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide from the Midianites. So do you see this? He was not out there out front. This dude was hiding in the winepress. And the angel of the Lord, verse 12, the angel of the Lord appeared to him and he said to him, the Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Don't you love how God is such a faith God? He calls those things that be not as though they were. We just read that Gideon was hiding in the wine press. He was afraid the Midianites were going to see him. The boogeyman was going to get him. He was hiding. He was not acting like anything related to a mighty man of valor. Because valor, the word valor simply means this, marked by courage or bravery. There was no indication that Gideon was displaying either one. And even after the angel called him, you mighty man of valor, this was Gideon's response. So Gideon said to him, Oh Lord, how can I save Israel? Cause he goes, if you read all of the rest of the passage, he tells him that he's going to use him to deliver Israel. And Gideon says, oh, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I'm the least in my father's house. You know, it don't matter what your family name is. In case you don't know, clan means your kin. It means your family. And so he's saying, my clan, my kin are nobody. We are the least here in the household of Manasseh. And besides that, even though my clan is weak, And there are nobodies, even in the midst of all my kinfolk, I'm the least. I mean, he had terrible self-image. He had a real problem with his value and his worth. He had absolutely zero courage or bravery. 
He could have played the role of the lion and the wizard of Oz. I need some courage. You know what I mean? He had none. Courage. But did the Lord, was the Lord moved by that? Let me just encourage you here for another moment. It doesn't matter what your last name is. It doesn't matter who your kin and your clan are. You could be related to Jed Clampett in the hillbillies. And it doesn't make a bit of difference. <laughs> well, it'd be good if you were related to Jed Clampett in the hillbillies. Come on over, you know. He, he discovered some Texas tea bubbling up out of the ground. You know what I'm saying. Anyway, I'm distracting myself. But it doesn't matter. What kind of education you have. It doesn't matter where your family came from. None of that matters to God. God doesn't look on the outside. God doesn't look at your family history. He doesn't look at your family tree. Thank God because all of us have got a bunch of nuts in our family tree. He doesn't look at that. The Bible says God looks on the heart. So apparently there was something way down on the inside of Gideon that got the attention of the heart of God. And God said, hmm, looks like a prime candidate right here. You know what that can do? Because God loves to take the foolish things of this world and confound the wise. If you think you are the least of the least and you are in a great position to God to elevate you. To God to bring you up. He specializes in doing things thought impossible. Another old song. Pastor Tom got me on these old songs and old movies apparently. Anyhow. (laughs) So it didn't look like he was a mighty man of valor. But what did in verse 16. God wasn't even moved. This angel wasn't even moved by his response. And the Lord which we know it was the angel of the Lord said to him. Surely. I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. He's telling him, I'm going to join a group of people with you. And you are going to act and move under my leading. And you're going to be so strong and so powerful. You're going to act as one man and you're going to defeat your enemies. We don't have time to go through the whole rest of the story, but let me just say this, the rest of the story. It happened just like the angel said. It took Gideon a little bit of time to get on the side of the Lord. He had to have some fleeces and he had to have some signs and some reassurances. And God didn't say, oh brother, I got the wrong dude here. He just won't believe me. He kept working with him. He worked with what he had. Hallelujah. And he turned it around. He gave Gideon 300 men that acted as one man. And they won the victory just like it was promised. It started out with a word from heaven. It started out with the angel of the Lord Showing up in his life and telling him, you can be somebody. The angel of the Lord showed up and said, you are not a loser, basically. You are mighty. And God's got a plan for you. 
Take encouragement from that. God's got a plan for you. Hallelujah. Forget about your clan and your kin and just look at him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now, there was another guy in the New Testament that we want to look at tonight by the name of Philip. He also received a message from the Lord. Philip, he stood in the office of an evangelist. And he had just conducted a powerful citywide crusade in Samaria. The Bible says that there were many signs, wonders, miracles. The city was shaken to its core by the power of God. And then the Bible says, and there was great joy in the city. God was using Philip with mighty signs and wonders. Now let's pick up his story here in Acts chapter 8. And let's look at verse 26. Keep in mind, this was after this big citywide crusade. Now an angel... What are we talking about tonight? We are talking about angels and how they bring us messages from God. An angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. The next verse, 27. So he arose and he went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury, had come to Jerusalem to worship. This sounds like an influential guy. Wow, he had charge of all the queen's money. Anyway, he was returning and sitting in his chariot. And he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit of the Lord said to Philip, Go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip received these instructions from this angel to go. And he told him exactly where to go to. Angels are into arranging divine appointments and glorious connections. Hallelujah. So he found this Ethiopian man and he was extremely hungry for God. He had come all the way to Jerusalem just to worship God. But he did not have Jesus in his heart. He needed Jesus in his heart. God responds to the heart cry when people want to know him. So Philip explained the gospel message to him. This Ethiopian guy got born again. And then he saw this water and he said, what would prohibit me from being baptized? I mean, he wanted all in. That's a good thing. Amen. So Philip baptized him. Let's look at verse 39. Now, when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus and passing through. He preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Woo, I mean, this is all supernatural from the end to the beginning. An angel shows up, tells him exactly where to go. He finds this Ethiopian, preaches the gospel to him, baptizes him, and poof, he is gone. 
I bet. Uh, wow, that's awesome. I bet the, the I bet Philip looked around and felt like saying, "Wow, thank you for flying Spirit Airways." Brings a whole new meaning to He will bear you up on angels' wings. We are talking about a translation here. Hallelujah. And if God needs to do that in this day and hour, again, we don't ask for these things, but we are open to the supernatural. If there's somebody across the world and they can't get out of a situation where they're in and God's, they're crying out to God, you might find yourself standing at the foot of their bed preaching the gospel to them. We're living in the days of the supernatural. This angel gave Philip guidance so he could preach the gospel to this man. And this man helped him find who Jesus really is. Divine connections. Divine appointments. Pastor Mark said this today at the close of the 11 a.m. service. You may have been disappointed, but God has divine appointments. You need to take that. If you weren't here, write that down. You may have been disappointed, but God's got divine appointments people disappoint us life hurts and disappoints us but if we will keep our eyes on god he's got divine appointments hallelujah angels can get involved in arranging connections angels get involved And people getting born again. And they are out there. And they heed the voice of our word. They listen to the prayers of the saints. When you're praying for your loved ones. And you're saying, Lord, send anointed laborers across their path. Lord, send someone to share the gospel with them. Angels get involved in arranging those right connections. They get involved in bringing that right laborer across the path of your loved one. Don't you ever think for a moment God's not listening to your prayers. You keep sending the angels out there. Lord, I'm sending anointed laborers across their path. Lord, I thank you that the angels of the Lord, they're tapping this one on the shoulder and they're whispering in the ear of this one and they're saying, you go go over there and you get on bark today and you sit right there in that seat next to that young man looking out the window Hallelujah. And they get prompted in their heart to share Jesus with them. God is on the move, on the move, on the move. Hallelujah. And the angels of the Lord are working. They're working, making arrangements. Hallelujah. They're working, opening the doors. They open doors that no man can shut. Hallelujah. If our eyes could only be opened, we would see angels of the Lord going forth like like flames of fire. They're leaving this place even tonight. 
and they're going over here and the sombre tahaha and they're ministering to that one and they're going over here and sombre tahaha and they're causing this person to go to this place so they can be in the right place at the right time to connect hallelujah woo with that anointed labor hallelujah glory to god ha 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 We're not robots. People are not robots. But angels can influence people to do the right thing. To be at the right place. Right place at the right time. They They can influence somebody to pick up their phone and to call you. Hallelujah. They can influence people to give you that promotion on the job. They're working. They're working on our behalf. Angels got involved in the salvation of this Ethiopian man. There's other accounts in the Bible. and We won't take time to just look at it in detail, but you can read this later. The life of Cornelius. Cornelius was a Roman centurion. We'll just look at a couple of the scriptures. I don't think I gave that to you up there, but Phil prompted to do this. He was a Roman centurion. He was a devout. He was a just man. But he did not know how to be born again. So he's seeking God. And about the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed him, he was afraid. What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for memorial before God. This man wasn't even born again. But he was doing what he knew to do, to seek God. He was a Roman centurion. And then the angel gave him further instruction. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. So Cornelius was crying out to God. God sent an angel and told him. A messenger. Angels are messengers. I don't think I said that. But in the Hebrew, the word angel literally means messenger. God sent his messenger and told Cornelius the steps he needed to take to hear salvation message. And of course, we know at the same time, God was had to work on Peter. Because Peter, at the time, he thought that the gospel was only for the Jews. And the Jews weren't supposed to have anything to do with the Gentiles or the Romans. So Peter is praying. God gives him a vision. In this vision, he sees all these different beasts. A four-footed beast, these unclean beasts. And the Spirit of the Lord says, eat. Oh, no, Lord. I can't. They're unclean. And he says, don't you call what I have cleansed unclean. Then he tells him, there's going to be some men showing up from the house of Cornelius. Go with them. Well, he did. And we know what happened when he went over to Cornelius' house. He had not just Cornelius. He had his house full of people They heard the gospel and they got baptized with the Holy Ghost. 
It all started out because an angel of the Lord came and gave him the message. Don't you think for one moment that God doesn't know how to get a hold of your relatives? We are living in the day of the supernatural. I don't doubt it for one moment that an angel could just show up and just light up their room. And all of a sudden they were repentant like you, man, you know. <laughs> or how about this? There's so many Christians that are backslidden. There are so many Christians that don't get up and come to church on Sunday. Wouldn't it be awesome? We just start sending forth the angels of the Lord. Okay, angels. Go and wake up those backslidden buzzards. Oh, no, I mean those believers. Backslidden. I didn't mean to say that. Go and wake up those backslidden believers. Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. God wants people to get in church. God wants people... To be born again. Don't rule out divine, supernatural intervention. You know, the angels of the Lord, they love it when people get born again. The Bible tells us that. Luke 15, 10 in the NIV, in the same way I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels over one sinner who repents. That could be your kid. That could be your son, your daughter, your mom, your dad. Woo! They get excited. If they're so rejoicing when somebody repents and comes into the kingdom of God, don't you think they will help us? They will help us to bring in a mighty harvest. There are harvesting angels. But that isn't us. That isn't us. That's to those that are walking outside the covenant. We're not under that. We're not under the curse. We're under the blessing. Hallelujah. The other angel was saying, blessing, blessing, blessing. Hallelujah. So let's just bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for sending blessing upon your people. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, after they praised the Lord for a bit, Brother Hagin went on to say that uh, the, the one angel that was saying blessing and blessing, he looked over on his, at him and all of a sudden the heavens just opened up and there was a mighty host accompanying him. Angels, innumerable company of angels that he saw. And he said, what have they come to do? And the angel, the one that was doing the speaking said, they've come to deliver blessings to my people. Woo! There was one that was saying, whoa, but there was a mighty host. Hallelujah! Coming to deliver blessing, blessings, blessings. Hallelujah! Ha ha, there is a blessing for being born again. Ha ha, 
There is a blessing for those who will be faithful, who walk not in darkness, but walk in the light. There is a blessing for those that will stay on my side. Hallelujah. Whoo, there's no fear. There's no fright. Ha, ha, ha. Walking in the light, receiving the blessings of the Lord. Ha. Oh, there's that There's that presence again I don't see angels But I sense them Oh my And then my subrikita I just sense that are some Are just standing like this They have their hands outstretched and they are full, weighed down with blessings. Blessings. <laughs> Woo. What kind of blessing? Well, if you need healing, healing is a blessing. <laughs> if you just need some spiritual refreshing, they got it. Woo. <laughs> If you can't, if you need financial breakthrough, here they are. Woo! Hallelujah! And another time the Lord spoke to Brother Hagen and he said, I'm giving you my subra. Your, my word says that you, you need to send forth the angels. You send forth your angels to go and to cause the money to come. Go and cause what you need for your budget. Go and cause what you need for your ministry. Oh, they're here. Angelic assistance. Hey, Oh, oh, You need something? You need something? You need something? You need healing? You need refreshing? You need a financial breakthrough? I want you just to make your way down here to the front. Just an act of faith. Step out right now and I'd come down here quickly. Presence of the Lord.